Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. And I'm David Finch. We're glad to be back with you for another study. And um, uh, we, we have a lot we could talk about uh, here. Uh, David brought us a good lesson on uh, Bible words and using them Bible ways, basically. And, uh, boy, this is one that uh, we... There's a lot of few <laughs> words, and, and, and i got to admit, David and I have been kind of hashing one out that we're going to get to um, that... None of us, I can guarantee, none of us have thought about it the way we're going to study it tonight. And so it's good. It's good for us because it shines a light on maybe some things that, you know, um, we can make ourselves better as Christians in, in our daily walk, you know, and how we talk in the English language. <laughs> yeah. And so if you have any questions, uh, email us, send us an email. It's in the link, but truthinagapelove at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you um, if you have any comments or questions. And um, if you like what you hear, give us a share. Um, subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. Um, tell your friends. And with that, we'll go ahead and get started, David. Yeah. So Bible words, Bible ways. So as as Christians, you know, we strive to use Bible words, Bible ways. And, and the reason why we do that, um, first and foremost, you know, as someone who is claiming to represent God, we don't want to misrepresent him in anything that we do. You know, as it says in First uh, Peter four eleven, it says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So in this... If we speak, we are to speak the oracles of God. But the reason why we do that is so that in all things God may be glorified. And so that's the the point behind this. You know, as something in the English language, as we have, <laughs> me and Chad have been talking about, there's some faults in, in the English language. Well, I think, too, you can inject that um, people, like uh, maybe you're um, Spanish, Mm-hmm. They have a very difficult time learning this English language. Yeah, and I think a lot of other folks that have learned the English language, that it's not their native tongue, it's a struggle. It is. It is a struggle, and it's because how we use the English. And we language. have a lot of slang words that we use. That's right. That aren't in the book. Yeah, you know, and and so it's difficult. And then then you get in different areas. You know, it's very difficult for me to listen to someone talk from New England. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, or or the South, even like clear. You know, Louisiana. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that one's really bad, Louisiana. Yeah. You know, and so even even different um, accents are difficult in the English language, and so it just kind of compounds. There's, it's 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 interesting, you know. And I'm not smart enough to figure it all out as far as the English language. I just get by. With That's right. what I, you guys all hear me. I say some crazy things probably at times, yeah. but I'm an Idahoan. You know, it's kind of my area. It's where I grew up. That's I, right. I have been told when I'm in Florida or in the South that I have a pretty good accent. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a Northern Idaho 
accent or whatever. That's you know? right. So yeah, when I moved, you're to New Wyoming. York. You're you're. Oh, you've yeah. seen it when you because you're from Wyoming originally, right? Yeah. Grew up in Wyoming, so we're pretty close. That's right. On the. The, the, the accent. And when I moved to New York, everyone said I had the accent. I was like, no, you have the accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Exactly. So, you know, there's some challenging things with the English language sometimes. Yeah. But, it, you know, even on top of the... the um, what, what were we just talking about? The accents. Just, just accents, accents, accents and you. stuff. On top of all the different accents, we actually change meanings of words depending on who we hang out mm-hmm. with. So... Um, a good example of this. I was hanging out with my nephew, mm-hmm. and he was telling me how I can't really remember the story, but he was telling me how his his friend just went ham on him. And I'm like, he went ham. I was like, did he go buy some ham or mm-hmm. did he smack him with ham? Like, yeah, what are you even talking about? I don't know that one either, David. And, and he said, uh, no, like he just went hard. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you just say that? Like, but, well, and even that went hard. Even that one is a sling. Yeah. But at least I knew that one. Okay. You know, like... He, <laughs> I barely know that one. <laughs> he, but, like, for example, like, um, maybe, like, if you're a skateboarder. Okay. And you do a really cool trick. You say, that's sick, man. Yeah. You know? And, sure. But, you know, where, where I'm from, sick means that you're in bed because you're not feeling good. So, we have these slang words, and what we end up doing is change the meaning of words. And then... The issue is, is when we come to the Word of God, we try to use this, the new meaning of the Word and try to apply that to the Bible. And how the Bible uses it is a different meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, you know, or, yeah, tonight, mm-hmm. where there are certain words that perhaps we should think twice on how we use them. Sure. And the... I got the Ephesians one. Do you want me to read that? Yeah, Ephesians 4.29. Is that weird? Yeah. That? Yeah. So Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's that's huge. We have an obligation here to do the best we can to uh, edify. That's right. Uh, impart grace to the hearers. Yeah. And, and you know, again, to tie that with, First Peter four eleven. Let no yeah. Um, well, you you're reading out of the New King James, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the NASB uses at in Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no unwholesome word. Mm-hmm. So nothing that is unwhole. You know, only whole words should be coming out of your mouth. Like no. Um, but the the point behind it is so that you you impart grace where you're not you're not misres misrepresenting God. And and that's our, our main goal. You well, know, the and, last thing we want to do is... And that's another, may, maybe sometimes kind of an issue too, is like looking at all the translation because this was translated from Greek and Hebrew. Yeah. And so we have a lot of different translations. Yeah. Even the early English language, you know, you got the King James and New King James. Even the, er, the English language has changed in the way that we talk. Yeah. You know, and so it was retranslated so that we could understand it better based off of the Hebrew and Greek translation. Yeah, and and the King James version, just kind of a a, a backstory to King James. It was first translated in 1611 into the English language, and then later on came these these different translations. But going from King James to New King James, because we've changed how we talk. Yeah. You know, we don't use the word thy and thou. Thou, and, yeah. 
And so that's what the, the King James Version has. Thou and hast. so, you know, and, and when you do read from it and study from it, you begin to learn it, but it take, it's, it's a lot harder. So a lot of people would prefer the New King James, mm-hmm. where it takes those out. But yeah. they're, they're still um, closer to the original translation. Um, and and a lot of things, if we have questions, sometimes we'll look at different, and it's so easy it. now with our electronics, we'll look at three or four different, um, you know, translations to better understand what they're yeah. talking about. And that's that's the whole point. That's right. And, um, but the, what I would recommend is, is using a word-for-word translation, where they take the Greek word and translate that word word for word, mm-hmm. there there are some translations out there that are thought for thought. So what they'll do is they'll actually take like a sentence or a paragraph of, of the Greek words and translate the thought behind it, mm-hmm. which that is very dangerous mm-hmm. because essentially, as it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 5, but your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So you're putting a lot of your faith in the wisdom of these men that they translated the thought correctly. And that's so that's the scary mm-hmm. thing about it. Um, rather than taking the Greek word and the to the English word mm-hmm. and just trying to go from there. Um, so anyway, that that was kind of So maybe what we need to do is um, cuz I don't have it on our our sheet here but can we just go through the words cuz I think you brought up like five or six three three, three words. Yeah. So maybe we just kind of um, go through the list, give okay. everyone the words, and then we can just kind of turn to the passages. There's multiple patches, passages for each one. There are. And, and we, we probably wouldn't get to all of it. Yeah, so just so that we can kind of get you the ones that we're thinking about, there may be more, mm-hmm. you know, words that we use that we may ought to look at how we use them. So let's just... Yeah, do we you can want, do that. Do you want to do that? Yeah. So let's look at... Um, the, the first one was... The word awesome. Yeah. Because we use that, you know, a three-year-old draws you a picture. Oh, that's so awesome. Right. Because you want to encourage them, right? Mm-hmm. Perhaps we should think twice about how we how we use this word just for nothing. Because the way that the Bible describes it is always describing the power of God. Mm-hmm. So a three-year-old's drawing is not awesome because God is awesome. I have a solution for that one. Yeah. Excellent. There you go. I use excellent a lot. Or good, or great, or, you know. Yeah, excellent, good, great. It's, yeah. Because it's tough, you know. Okay, yeah, awesome. That's that's to describe our God. He is awesome. And, oh, man, can we, we could go so many directions on why he is so awesome. You yeah. Know, all we got to do is look at his creation. That's right. You know, the leaves changing and stuff, you know, just all we that. We went out the other week. Sure. Man. And, and That how, was awesome. Yeah, how can you not explain God's creation and even some of you know, they 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 take two two minutes off of the um, sun going down every day, mm-hmm. because that's exactly what happens. Yeah, you know it's it's like clockwork, man. It's like the best clock you could ever build. That's awesome. Yeah, what God did and how He put that all together to work like clockwork, and how we can just walk outside and we can see and mm-hmm. smell. Sure, that's awesome. Yeah, and because that's how we were created. Well, he created us in a way that we can see, smell, taste. And then his plan of salvation for us. That's right. Sending his only son. All of his work is awesome. It's awesome. What he did for us, what he did, and then what Jesus did for us, I mean, that's the only way you can explain it. And so, 
That's right. And that's kind of what we're talking about. I think this is a good um, good one to start with because we all use it. We we use it in a way to describe a ice cream. Cone. Well, and and you know? I have to <laughs> I have to be honest with everyone. I've struggled with this one too. Like I have sure. I, I catch too. myself using it, and I'm like, man, I really should not use that yeah, word to describe I what too. I just did. And, yeah. and so, I'm not. We're not here saying that that we have this nailed. You know, we're oh, no. we're, we're perfect on this. It's just some good things it, to think it's about. It's something that we struggle with as well because yeah. that's how the world talks, and and that's really how America talks. Like in the English language, that's how we talk. So yeah. then, we almost get we just conform to it. You know. But like it says in Nehemiah 1.5, and I said, I pray, Lord, God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Mm-hmm. That's just to show, O great and awesome God. God is awesome. So to describe his work, to describe his creation, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Because no one else can do that. You know, when you look at Genesis 1, he spoke things into his existence. Yep. That is an awesome power that we cannot even fathom. Mm-hmm. And the word, the word awesome, the, 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 um, it's actually a Hebrew word because the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was written in, um, Greek. So in Nehemiah is the Old Testament and the, the meaning behind it is, Really to be in awe. Let me try to... uh, Where did I have this here? To fear, morally to revere, reverence for. And so essentially to be in awe of. We need to fear the power of God. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to fear that what will happen if we land on the wrong side of God. You know, we don't want to feel His wrath. We should fear His wrath. And so... Because he is awe, you know. Oh, we sure. should be in awe of him, yeah, and and fear him, you know, morally to revere him. Mm-hmm. That reverence behind it—that's how we are to be with him, yeah. You know, as we shouldn't just um, when we go to him in prayer, we need to be remembering who we're praying to and be thankful that he loves us enough that he was willing to listen to us. With his power and might, and yet he loves us so much that he's willing to hear us and answer our prayers. That's well, and, and and like this right here, this verse that you just read, he keeps his commandments, he keeps his promises, he doesn't ever tell a lie. You yeah. know, we can put our faith and our trust in what he says. That's right. That's what makes him awesome. Yeah, Hebrews six eighteen and, and Titus one two, it's impossible for God to lie. Mm-hmm. That's he's he's not um Everyone in this world will let you down mm-hmm. except God. Yep. That's something that is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's not because anyone is going to try to let you down. It's just yeah, how it works. Yep. Um because we're imperfect. God is not imperfect. He is perfect and then that's why we shouldn't we shouldn't um worry or we we shouldn't um mm-hmm. we shouldn't use the word awesome <laughs> as the Bible describes the word awesome. Yeah. If we are to be um, representing God, we should represent Him correctly, and then that actually goes down into another word. Okay, that Chad, Second me and word. you, yep, me and you were were talking about, which is a really good discussion. The word proud. Oh yeah, 
Mm-hmm. You know, we use the word proud to describe everything. We're proud of our children. We're proud of our job. We're, yeah. we're proud of our accomplishments, you know, and and as we talked about it, yeah, you know, the, this is some, this is a word that, that we use for everything. Yeah. Where, especially, you know, if you ever watch the news or watch um, anyone um, interviewing someone, mm-hmm. oh, you must be so proud. Yeah. I, I am very proud of, of this. And well, I, yeah. You know, it's, and, and that's the thing, like, so I've been... Uh, you know that's why we we David and I we have to admit, we had about a fifteen minute discussion before this. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a good one though. Yeah, but it's good because um, this is iron sharpening iron. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, being proud, and I don't know, is there a quick verse that we could look at? I don't know which one you had with that. There's so many different ones. I know that that pride. Um, don't be proud. Is, well, it, the, it, it's only spoken like you said negatively. Throughout the Bible, being proud. Yeah, it's actually it's mentioned forty-seven times yeah. in both the the King James and the New King James. It's mentioned forty-seven times, mm-hmm. and every instance, it's in a negative note. And in fact, um, Proverbs yeah. six. Let's let's turn there actually real fast. We'll read that, and then I got something right after okay. that. So so Proverbs six. This is among the seven abominations to God. It says, these six things the Lord hates. This is starting in verse 16 of Proverbs 6. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. So a proud look. Then, mm-hmm. You know, the... The proud look, that's one of the seven abominations to God. Yeah. I mean, that's Jeremiah 13, 15 says, Hear and give ear. Do not be proud, mm-hmm. for the Lord has spoken. Mm-hmm. That's very clear how he put it there. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go oh, ahead. No, you're fine. I just, you know, when I started thinking about this, I was like, well, because you, you brought up the example that um, we have to be careful how we say we're proud of our kids, you know. And that's when I got to thinking. I was like, "Well, I'm proud of a lot of things because, you know, I'm I'm proud of my accomplishments, you know, in life." And we just talked, like, you know, maybe someone graduates from college and they the first thing they do is get that plaque and put it on the wall, right? Yeah. In your office or wherever, so that you you know you're proud of that because you worked hard for it, you know. Yeah. And we'll go through a bunch of these examples, and then I'll bring bring back my point that I ended on. Yeah. Because there's so many things we're proud of. We're proud. Um, I'm a welder. So uh, I remember, you know. Uh, you can weld a lot of good things, man. Well, like perf- really cool things. Yeah, and perfecting that took hours and hours. I'm not joking. Oh, yeah. I spent two years in school, and I still couldn't weld. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know, I went to, and I, I went to, uh, into the sanitary tubing, um, like, beverage industry where it has to be clean. So stainless steel. And clean and and I worked and worked and worked and worked hours and hours and hours. The first job that I went on, we worked twelve hour days for like six months. You know, that's all I lived and breathed was just welding and perfecting my skill. You mm-hmm. know, and I was very proud of a lot of my welds. Okay, let's just say a lot of my welds, but I was proud of the skill and that. 
And then, you know, another, another, there's so many examples, you know, because we have pride in maybe even something that we purchased. You know, we talked about the kid. Boy, that kid's real proud of that new fire truck he's got, you know, and he's running around with the biggest grin on his face, you know, and that's how we explain it. Mm-hmm. And my, my, uh, my question to you was like, what else do we use in the English language? Because I just told you, like, awesome, just use excellent or good or whatever. Yeah. So what do we use in the place of proud? Now, here's where our discussion earlier went to. Okay. Can we be proud of it? We're proud of it, which kind of makes us boastful, right? Right. But shouldn't we give all that glory to God? Yeah. So when someone says, oh, you graduated from Idaho State University, I can see that on your plaque and wall and be like, yeah, yep, I sure did. I worked really hard and I couldn't have done it without God's help. Yeah. You know, um, there was a guy interviewed um, on a football game. Oh... I think it was Sunday night football. I don't know. Anyways, it was the kicker. And he, uh, they interviewed him. And the first thing, she asked him a question. And he goes, first of all, I want to give all the glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how he answers her question, you know? Yeah. And a lot of athletes do that. And I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? Um, but really, when someone says we did a good job, because she's interviewing him because he did a good job, right? Yeah. But he gave all the glory to God mm-hmm. and his Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what he said. And really, ought we, shouldn't we do the same? Yeah. You know, and that's kind of where you and I's discussion kind of led to as we were talking before this. And as we're talking now, these things that we're proud of, how did we accomplish them and how did we get them? Yeah. Well, and, and another great way to, to think about it. You know, God is the one that created us, and He blessed us with different talents. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and so when you take that credit, you know, where yeah, I'm proud of my accomplishments. Who gave you that talent? Exactly. To and be able to do that, because your brain works differently than my brain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I can do things different than you can, and you can do things different than I can. Yeah. But that's what makes us so unique. But God created us that way. Yeah. Where. If if it wasn't for him, we would have nothing. And I think I think we uh, can all picture that that look that he's talking about this proud look. Mm -hmm. You know, even just just going back to the football thing. You know, they'll they'll put up a picture of this player as they're showing his stats, and he's posing. You know, he's like (laughs) he's posing, like he's flexing his muscles, whatever, in this picture, and he's proud. Yeah, right. That's a proud look. So. Uh, there could be instances where even in me being proud of a weld where I had that proud look. I'm like, Shh, look at that, you know? Yeah. No, beat that one, you know? And, and, of course, we get into competition, which actually makes us better because I always had guys that I worked with that I always tried to outdo, and I still do. Yeah. I mean, Rick and I, we still compete and try to outdo each other okay it's just human nature yeah we don't want anyone um doing more than what we you know we don't want them outdoing us you know yeah and 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 so that's kind of our nature as a welder compete you know you want to do good you want to do better you're proud of what you've accomplished but god let you accomplish that and then you also have on the other side like say rick beats you yeah 
Like you have two choices. You can be there. Either oh, be happy for then him, then I can be. Yeah, or then you can be jealous. <laughs> I know. So now and you've so got that, jealousy. Yeah. So it just leads into everything, and uh, that we're we're taught against. You know. Yeah. And so, anyways, my question for you today kind of was like, well, how else do I extract describe this in the English language? Was there a? And I think I started off with there's different meanings of proud or pride. You can and use is the there word, or isn't there? I don't know. You can actually come to think about it. You can use the word um, blessed. Okay, that's you know, a good so one. As, as you, yeah, you're that's talking a good about one. that plaque, man, the Lord has blessed me with sure. His talent, and I and and that is just giving glory to God. Like, yeah, you know, recognizing that yeah. it's not it's not because of anything I've that's done. That's a good point. Like especially with kids. Yeah, God has blessed me with these kids. These, these great kids, kids. Are, these kids are great. You know, and that would be a good way to kind of um, describe than, it rather than say you're proud. Yeah, be like I'm blessed with great kids. Yeah, you know, and I've, or I've, I'm blessed with the talents to to be a great welder or a great fabricator or a great that's right craftsman or whatever. Instead of and try to lean away from from the pride thing and or proud. Um, and so it's just a really I'd never ever thought about it yeah until you brought it up sunday and and so it just it, it brings good discussion and and, and good thought process for us to understand and make sure that we are not being or that we don't have a proud look yeah and you know because we don't in the english language we don't we try not to actually even use the word correctly i would say where we almost, we have changed the meaning of the word proud, mm-hmm. where we're not we're not necessarily even trying to say boast in it, like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I'm proud of that. But even in that in that language, as we're not we're not necessarily trying to say we're proud, we're just we're pleased with with what what's happened, you know. But this is where the English language kind of really muddies the water. Yeah, I, I want to say, and that's what I kind of think that there's some of that here. Uh, we're kind of plagued with the English language mm-hmm. not giving us enough words to describe the different things that I that we've brought up. Yeah, and then you know when you turn to Romans twelve two, here's where um, when I when I read this in light of the the lesson I was preparing, this one struck home to me. You know, verse two of Romans twelve, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, we conform to the way th- this, especially in America. Oh yeah, the way we talk, and mm-hmm. and you you even hear other countries say America is just a, a bunch of proud people. Oh sure. And, oh yeah. But th- oh, of course, yeah. they use it in. Actually, in the correct way, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are a bunch of proud people. Sure. And, and we should probably stray away from that. I've seen it, someone, uh, I love a I it said, um, this is on a t-shirt one time, uh, it said, um, back-to-back World War champs. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is America. He, he probably didn't even fight in any war. No, no. He said, <laughs> but, like, but we're back-to-back World War champs <laughs> yeah. is what it said. And it's like, um, okay. And, you know, I think a lot of, like you said, uh, people look at America as being proud. And, and sure, that is American's nature yeah. to be proud. I want to read this. Uh, yeah. I just Googled proud. Um, and this is the first thing that come up. And I don't know. Did you Did you read a definition yet? I did. I can go back to it. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll read this one because it says, uh, feeling deep pleasure 
or satisfaction as a result of one's own achievements, qualities, or possessions of those of someone with whom one is closely associated, like a proud grandma of three boys or whatever. And, and, uh, that's the first definition. So that, that definition, where are you looking this up at? It's just on the Google machines. The Google. Okay. Yeah. It's just dictionary Google. I just typed proud and hit enter. Yeah. In the Google search. And so according to the, the Greek word, you know, the, the Greek word is, Ooh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Hooper Afanos. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so appearing above others, that is haughty or proud. Yeah. That's the definition according to the biblical Greek word. And I'm not saying that you have to be a Greek scholar to understand the Bible. That's not it because, trust yeah. me, I'm not a Greek scholar. That's just, you know, what, what pops up when I look at the, the Greek word proud. Um, but that, and that's why I had such a, um, question about this is because, you know, a proud grandma, we say that all the time. Yeah. She's a proud grandma. Yeah. Um, this says similar, similar pleasant with or glad about. Yeah. Um, uh, having or showing a high or, uh, um, excessively high opinion of oneself or one's importance, a proud arrogant man is that is that the second definition that's the second definition that's closer to the the greek or the the biblical definition and that's why i kind of think there's two different things here we just have to be careful uh maybe just to give god the glory you know but do you do you see how the english language like those are two almost very different definitions it is yeah and and so we have changed the meaning of the word yeah and so when but if we're going to be speaking Bible words, using Bible words, we should use them Bible ways. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that was the point behind this lesson, is looking at mm-hmm. the the biblical word and the biblical meaning, mm-hmm. and then when we are to represent Christ and represent God, we should use it His way. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you look at, uh, here's where it really started with me, was... Um, you know, what's wrong with using the word proud? Yeah. It, it was the question that I asked. What's wrong with it? Well, you know, when you look at um, the scripture, never uses it in a good light. Yeah. Like, it's always like Proverbs 6. It's always this, um, you know, a proud, arrogant man. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> Proverbs twelve three. may the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Mm-hmm. The Lord is cutting you off mm-hmm. when you are, are prideful. But, you know, if anyone should be, and, and I use the analogy with kids, because almost everyone, oh, I'm proud of my kids. You know, God, the Father, if anyone should be proud, it should be the Father being proud of Jesus Christ, His Son, right? If anyone should be proud and boastful, it should be the Father being proud of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But He never uses that word proud. He actually uses the word in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew 3:17, Matthew 17:5, Mark 1:11, Luke 3 verse 22. These are the the four areas where the father is speaking about his son coming down in a cloud speaking about his son and they all they all all of them say something along the lines of then a voice came from heaven. 
You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So if the father himself doesn't use the word proud to describe his son, this is the question that we need to ask. Should we use the word proud to describe our children? Mm-hmm. You know, and as as we talked about, you know, using the word blessed, that's that's such a, a better word to use mm-hmm. because we're God has blessed us with our kids. You know, we have not done anything. If God doesn't want you to have kids, you're not going to have kids. You know, we see that throughout the Old Testament. He would close the womb of women and then open them. It was at his will, not anyone else's. Like Abraham and Sarah. Sarah's womb was closed off. She could never bear children. It wasn't that she wasn't trying. She just never could. Yeah. You know, and the first five years of our marriage, Chad, we were trying for children. Yeah. And it was actually... Um, when we finally stopped trying, that's when we had a child. Sure. Hey, yeah. But but what's funny, we recognized later on in, in life, as we, as our you know, our youngest or our oldest was growing up, we're like, Man, if we had kids in the first five years, we would not have been ready. Mm-hmm. Like it was really a blessing in disguise. Sure. Right? Sure. You know, God was looking out for us and made sure that he closed the womb of my wife until we were ready. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the Lord is the one that blesses us with them. So mm-hmm. why should we be proud of them? We yeah. should be recognizing that we have been blessed by God with them. Yeah. You know, as children are a blessing from God, that's how we should say it. That's how we should, you know, like say Paxton's getting ready to um, go off to college here next year, right? Mm-hmm. So if he if he grows up and he starts accomplishing great things, yeah, the Lord blessed me with with a good son, mm-hmm. you know. And Paxton, in in all retrospect, oh yeah, say the same thing. Yeah, the Lord blessed me with this talent because that's that's the beautiful aspect of who we are as individuals. We're we're unique, and we each have different talents, you know. Like what my wife does, yeah. I cannot do. She's she's on the computer. She can do 3D design because mm-hmm. the Lord blessed her with that talent. Sure. Oh yeah. Me, I don't have that talent. So well, I think I think the moral of the story here is, you know, just making sure that we give God the credit for you know what He has blessed us with. Yeah. And and you know because like I'm looking here, <laughs> the British meaning of proud. Uh, is basically projecting something that projects from a surface. It's proud. Hmm. Like a lever or something that's sticking out. It's proud. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and that's the British English version of proud. You know, that's how they use it. Yeah. Anyway, so when you think of the the difference be, like when when G, when God said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased um when we, we like if we say I'm proud of Paxson it's in my mind it's it I I just well as said in whom I'm well pleased yeah because that's how I mean it yeah you know um because I'm well pleased in him you know yeah. and so even though I'm using that word, um, I meant the same thing, but then I could use it again and turn it right around, like you said, the English language, and uh, use it the, the the wrong way, or I could be proud in something where I'm given a proud look or something, which yeah. which we're told not to. 
you know and so uh same word different meaning you know and that and that's exactly what we're talking about in the english language so we just have to be careful uh and maybe um uh, just um this can help us all kind of shed some light on it and and just kind of think uh about how we use it you know and um i'm gonna tell you it's it's one of those things that um, is not something that's going to be improved upon overnight very well, <laughs> yeah. you know. But at least, like you said, the next time you use it, you're probably going to think twice. Oh, that's right. You know, and 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 so that's what we're talking about is kind of understanding and that uh, it could be taken the wrong way. You know. Yeah. You know, I gotta tell you, like my my grandfather kind of think had a problem with this, you know. <laughs> Because he um, he was he was very proud of a lot of things, you know, um, and he would and so you know I don't want to like tell tell stories on him too much, but we all kind of joke about it a little bit uh, when we do something like if we make something or whatever because he would he would have he and and I think we all do this if we make something cool we want to go around and show everyone right. Yeah. Well, what are you at that point if you do that? You're being proud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, you get uh, we after Christmas, like, well, what'd you get? You know, what'd you get for Christmas? Yeah. Uh, well, show me. <laughs> yeah, show me. You know, and and uh, you're proud. The kid or whatever's proud of it. Whatever toy or whatever they get. Yeah. So we just have to... I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to... Uh, well, you we know, because we don't want to do anything wrong or or represent ourselves the wrong way. Yeah, and so we just have to really think about it and maybe give it some thought on how well, we present ourselves. That's exactly right. Just think twice about it. Like instead of using the word proud, try to think of another word rather yeah. than the word proud. Because mm-hmm. you know, should we conform to this life or should we be transformed by the renewing of our mind? Mm-hmm. And that's really what this discussion is: is is transforming our mind. We're, you know, we've talked about another word that we can use. Mm-hmm. God has blessed me with them. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful mm-hmm. that God has blessed me with them. And I think thankful is probably a, mm-hmm. a clearer word to use sometimes than the word proud. But, it, you know, especially if, if somebody, like, say, for example, you know, your kid goes out and the teacher, teacher-parent conference, let's, for example, oh, you know, your kid was top of the class. You must be so proud. Well, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have him. <laughs> yeah. I'm thankful that he he's yeah. dedicated his work. Yeah. And what's funny is, really, when you look at it, the father didn't have really anything to do with with Christ's hard work. It was it was Christ. Mm-hmm. So, the father saying he's proud of him is actually almost taking credit for what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. Now, understand, this is the, the Trinity I'm talking about. Not that the Father didn't have anything to do with it, but rather, this is Jesus' hard work, you know? This was Jesus's, um, his his dedication and, and his hard work, where he had choices, and he chose to live righteously. He chose to be the exact representation of the Father. He didn't choose... To stumble and fall into temptation. Yeah. He chose to stay away from it. It wasn't like... It, it was his hard work. It was his willingness 
to surpass that temptation. You know, just like, and I, we're already talking about Paxton. Might as well continue using him. Yeah. Say he, he grows up and he becomes an astronaut. Mm-hmm. That was his hard work sure. that he put into it. Yeah. But even he should recognize that it was the God blessing him with that talent. Mm-hmm. To the smarts to be able to get through the college and, and get his degree and do all that. Like, well, that's God giving him that talent versus he shouldn't be proud because really he didn't do anything. Yeah. There was a, um, I was talking to to one of the, um, somebody in, in New York and she was telling me a story how this, this kid, he was a teenager, mm-hmm. but he was so proud because he was like six foot three. And she's like, well, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. She's right, like, right. you didn't do anything. Right. You know? <laughs> I got on the search engine here in the Bible, in my Bible app, and I just typed in proud. And here's here's an interesting verse that come up. First uh, Samuel 2, chapter 2, verse 3. Mm-hmm. It says, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by Him, actions were weighed. That's funny, because that's exactly what we were talking about. Yeah, it That's is. exactly what we were describing. Yeah, that's what we were just saying. God is Don't, the one that gave it. Exactly. Talk no more so very proudly. Yeah. Well, boy, that that really should should belt every one of us. Should going, open your eyes, shouldn't it? Oh, boy. You know, um, we got to be careful. And, you know, and I, I, like, I like to brag on myself like with my family like my wife or my kids you know like yeah i'm the best you know dad ever whatever you know and if my kids are listening they're gonna laugh because they know it yeah but that's that's something between me and my family as we go out <laughs> you don't other do that people up. i don't do that anywhere else but them because they're my circle they're my you and know, you're, you're joking with them that's, i'm joking mostly yeah although i might be somewhat serious you know <laughs> But I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah. But we have to be careful how we represent ourselves to other people. That's right. Especially coworkers, friends, even family members, uh, our fellow Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 can't put ourselves up on a pedestal because uh, because a God of knowledge by Him actions were weighed. Everything that we have is weighed by Him. Yeah. It's compared to what he gave us and what he allows us to do. So that's that's a huge thing right there. And Chad, you and I are both in positions where we can boast. You know? Yeah. Where you know, my position sure. people look up to me to know scripture or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can boast in that. Where everyone looks to you for answers when mm-hmm. it comes to welding because mm-hmm. you're good. Mm-hmm. It, it, but you know There's so many things that you can boast about. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's easy to to boast up. The it, thing is, every one of those you were blessed by God that's for. Right. But you know, when everyone comes to you for answers, it's easy to boast in that. Sure. Like it what is. What would you guys do without me? Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so you and I both need to be careful of of how we represent ourselves to not put ourselves on a pedestal. You know, around your your coworkers and everything. It's very easy, especially when you're the one who who has the most experience. A lot of times, you know, where you've been through it, you've you've done it, and 
it's easy to get caught up. Well, I'd have never done that if, you know. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, I'd have never done something stupid like that. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and that's and, joking, but. Sure. And but and there's so many examples, though. You look at all of this, like um, like Job 9.13. God will not withdraw his anger. The allies of the proud lie prostrate beneath him. Yeah. The people who are proud are beneath God. That's right. You know, understanding that everything that we have comes from God. Everything, every talent, yeah. every dollar, every everything that he's blessed you with, you know, and, and boy, we really need to give him all the glory yeah. for it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm guilty. I don't uh, as often as I should. I, I think we all intend to. You know, yeah, we intend to give God the glory, but do we? And then we don't realize we're doing it either. I don't think we, and we don't realize that we're not giving Him the glory. Yeah, you know, because just like I said, for example, you know, you get you graduate, you get a degree, you put it in a plaque, you hang it on the wall. Yeah, and when someone asks you about it, be like, "Yeah, I'm proud of that degree, man. I got that degree." That's right. And we make no mention of God helping us through that. We might even say, yeah, I couldn't have done that without my wife, you know? We might even give our wives or, yeah. or something like that. Uh, That's a very good point, too. A, a credit without even mentioning God ever when, in fact, God gave us the wife and the skill and ability to get the degree, <laughs> yeah. you know? He's so, given you everything. So even both those things you got in it, in, that, that, that allowed you to, to accomplish that thing. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. well, I just no, and you're act- we could go on and on. I mean, it's well, just- and just like um, even kings need to recognize this. You know, when when Christ was before Pilate, Pilate says, "Are you going to remain silent before me? Don't you know that I have the power to release you, or the power to to um, give you into their hands?" And he says, "You wouldn't have any of it unless it had been given to you from the Father." You know, so even even kings, even Presidents, even whoever, whoever's up on top. Listen, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, listen to this one. The wicked in his proud continence does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. That is exactly what That's we do. That's not even our thought. No. You know, when we don't right, give credit to God, you got to write that down because that's a good one. <laughs> when you don't give credit to God, that's what you're doing. You're not even thinking of God. And I think all of us are probably guilty of it. I know I am. And I, you know, do we always give God the credit? Yeah. Was he even in the forefront of our mind? Yeah, God is in none of his thoughts, it says. How scary is that? And and especially, Chad, especially when we're claiming to be Christians. Mm -hmm. If that's the way God thinks of us, we need to change. Boy, old David, he was was hard on us because here's another one. Yeah. Psalms 12, 3. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. All right. That was in my lesson. So that was a good one. Okay, good. Okay, good. (laughs) I like that one. Psalms 12. Where is it? Oh, yeah. There it is. So let me ask you this question. And this is to everyone who's listening. As it says in James 4, 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So let me ask this question. Do we have any hope of eternal life without God's grace? Do we have hope? No. Well, you know, Ephesians 2, 
eight. Let's turn over there. We still haven't even got to the third word. To the last word. one, yeah. Do we have we, time? We, yeah, we have uh, about 12, 14 okay. minutes. So, real quick, I'll, I'll turn here. Ephesians 2, you don't even need to answer this question because this answers it for you. Ephesians 2, 5. Even when you were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Yeah. We cannot have any hope of eternal life without grace. And if God only gives grace to the humble, what does that leave for the proud? Mm-hmm. The proud don't have hope. Yeah. And that's just putting it the way God put it. You know, I think of something else, too. Uh, I'm trying to think. Just something that just hit me. Um, the um, oh, I can't even think. The Ku Klux Klan. Okay. They're known as the Proud Boys. Okay? Oh, yeah. Why? Because they put themselves above other races. Yeah. Okay? Should we do that? Absolutely not. No. God shows no partiality. Yeah, there's exactly right. There is no partiality. We should not be proud. We should not put ourselves over anyone. Yeah. Whether it's race, anything. Achievements. Achievements, anything. anything, Okay? That's a what, strong point. What is what is it that we say? Uh, uh, he still puts his pants on one leg at a time, same as me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and and really, we're all equal that way. You know, we're all human. We all have the same feelings. We all have the same, uh, you know, needs, uh, wants, wishes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we all need the same love. You know, um, and when you think about racial tension in that why is there racial tension it's because one thinks one's better than the other yeah and that's exactly what we're talking about is pride and that's probably why they call themselves as proud boys or something i don't know anyways that i just that come to my mind because that's a group of people that put themselves over another race that's exactly right and it's it's not how god intended it yeah right here this this explains it exactly how god wants us to be to each other and to him and not putting ourselves on a pedestal and boasting and, and, and having a proud look. Yeah. Uh, Romans 2.11. I'm going to go here because it's short. <laughs> I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to start a whole other thing. No, no. That's, but it's true. It, it, it's right it makes a lot of it. sense. For there is no partiality with God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if God doesn't show partiality and if you think you are above anyone... God will prove you otherwise. Yeah, and I love that because, you know, I always say this a lot um, about who's called to the gospel. Yeah. Who's called? Who gets to take advantage of this? Oh. Everyone. All. All were called. It don't matter if you're black, brown, white, whatever color. Whatever color, yeah. You are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everyone's called and everyone's equal. And we ought not to put ourselves above anyone else. That's right. And uh, Very good point. Because if we do put ourselves above anyone else, whether it's a degree, a, you know, all the things we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, that's being proud. That's, it's doing exactly the same thing as if you're putting one race over another. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yep. Boy, that solves all the problems, doesn't it? Doesn't it all? <laughs> yep. If we could just all look at each other as equal, which yeah. we ought to, you know. Yeah. That you know, and 
Yeah, I, I won't get into that because that's going to be take me down a big <laughs> old rabbit trail. <laughs> we got so, ten minutes here. Furthermore, the the uh, last word we looked at, and keep in I mind, guess just real quick. Yeah, uh, if you, I mean, hopefully this gets everyone thinking. Send us what you think. Let us know whether you see us or talk to us or or send us a note. Uh, send us an email. I'd love to get your thoughts on it because yeah, this is one that I never thought about until. Sunday. Yeah. So, the last word. And what's funny is, I, I was preaching to myself up there. Oh, I'm sure. Like, Man, I... Sure. You know, and we should really think about how we use these words. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so the the last word that... Moving on to the last moving one. Moving on. The word miracle. Oh, you know, yeah. When, for example, as we are just, as we were talking about giving God all glory and praise, a lot of times... Say you get in a bad car accident. Yeah. And it, it it takes you a year of recovery. But then after that year of recovery, everyone says it was a miracle. You know? Now, understand, God works in our lives. And, and I get that. But not in, in the miraculous way as he did in the New Testament or in the in the Bible. You know, if he didn't work in our lives, there would be... No point to prayer, right? If if he didn't work in our lives, then what would be the point of prayer? And so we know he works in our lives, and, and he's present in our lives. But how the Bible uses the word miracle is different than how we use it today. You know, rather... <laughs> and I called out your daughter because she's such a sweetheart, and I just... <laughs> she was looking at me, I was like, hey, this is I, a good one. I think we can all relate to this one. Let's just say a, a new driver. Yeah, a, a new driver. You know, a new driver goes somewhere. A lot, of the, a lot of times, the parents and I. So I was helping my niece drive. Sure. And uh, we went out on these back roads. I think I got out of the car and kissed the ground. <laughs> I was happy to get out. Well, you hear David talking about him driving over in the Philippines. I mean, they literally oh, say a prayer. Sounds like yeah. before they head out because it's so dangerous. Isn't that? But oh, it man. was not a miracle that you made it, is what we're trying to say. That's right. You know, but we'll use that analogy with with kids as they're learning to drive. It's like we made it. It was a miracle. We made it here yeah. in one piece, and we didn't even touch paint with anyone else. But it was close. You know, yeah. we might joke around, but but what we're saying here is it wasn't a miracle. That's right. Okay. And you got some passages, and and it wasn't the way God uses the word miracle. You know. Um, so here's a, here's a few verses to consider. Galatians 3.5, it says, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Yeah. So who is the one who performs miracles? Mm-hmm. It's God. Yeah. God is the one who performs miracles. And, you know, it, and he, he performed miracles as signs to them. When Christ came to earth, he performed miracles, and it was a sign that he was from the Father, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when a doctor, let's say a doctor isn't even a a believer in Christ, and he performs surgery, he isn't performing a miracle, right? He he's not doing that. What he's doing is he is he is putting his medical practice that he has studied for, that he has went to school for. And he's applying that to perform mm-hmm. the surgery, mm-hmm. not a miracle. 
Mm-hmm. Only God can perform miracles. That's right. Then, then as it's pointed out in John nine sixteen, you know, even the the Pharisees are recognizing only God, only someone sent by God could perform miracles. So it says, therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there's a division among them. So only someone who God chose could perform miracles. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a key idea. And they would have to be righteous, right? Mm-hmm. They would have to be right with God. Mm-hmm. So then the next one to look at is 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29. So here's something, chapters 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. You know, the the church at Corinth was was really misusing their their um, abilities that God gave them um, through the Holy Spirit. They were, well, they had a lot of issues. But oh, anyway, yeah. so this is something that they were, they were having an issue with. 28 and 29 of, of 1 Corinthians 12, it says... And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? The point he's bringing out is not everyone could perform miracles. Yeah. You know, not even all Christians. No. Only ones who God has chosen to perform these miracles. Only the ones who God chose. Well, and and the thing is, too, is a miracle is something miraculous. That's, um, you know, like raising someone from the dead. Okay. Right. Uh, I I think my most favorite one is the the lame man. Mm -hmm. Get up and walk. Yeah. Because you could just picture his legs being like no muscle or nothing. Yeah. They're just toothpicks. And they immediately received strength. Received strength, which means they received muscle. Yeah. And just all of a sudden now he can walk. I mean, mm-hmm. um, anyone who doesn't use their like if, if we sat in a chair for, you know, a month and didn't walk anywhere. Have you ever broken an arm or something? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. The cast, your muscles are like ten times smaller than than because you haven't been using. Have you ever actually broke your arm? No, I have not. So I I've broken it three times because apparently I don't learn. Actually, yeah. four times. <laughs> my kids time, have broken arms. Every time I take the cast off, it's like half the size of my other arm. Yeah, and that's in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, so being lame your entire life. Yeah, you can only imagine how small the legs are. You know, like really, like toothpicks. Like there's no muscle on them because yeah, you can't work them. Yeah, you know, and so it they receive strength and and he got up and walked. Yeah, like that's a that miracle. Quick, like and like it, snap of a notice finger. Notice it's instant. It's not like a year process. That's exactly right. It's instant. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Is like a miracle is something like that miraculous. Yeah. Okay. And we tend to use the word in, it took, yeah, it was a miracle. He he, he got over that um, in a month. Yeah. Well, that's not a miracle. That's not miraculous. That's, sure, God, we pray for people to get better. 
and they get better and we thank God for it, but it's it's something that didn't happen overnight. It's not an instant right. boom miracle. Yeah. Uh or a car wreck. They made it out of that. That's not a miracle. It's God's providence that you didn't die in that car wreck. That's you know? right. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And then when you turn <clears throat> one more chapter over, and then this is 1 Corinthians 13. So it's still in the context of dealing with the um, being able to perform different miracles, different, um, different gifts from the Holy Spirit. As it says in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 13. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So the, the part that is he is talking about is the miraculous powers from the Holy Spirit. Those were done in part. It, you know, and then the word perfect here. So when that which is perfect is come, keeping in mind 1 Corinthians was written after Christ has already mm-hmm. came, he died. He rose and he ascended. Yeah. So he has already come and gone. And he was the perfect man. So here, it can't be talking about Christ. So then, another word for perfect is complete. So when that which is complete has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So the, the word complete there is actually talking about the word of God. Yeah. The completed word of God. So when that is complete... Then that which is in part the miraculous gift from the Holy Spirit, those will be done away with. Mm-hmm. And so now that the perfect has come, then all of the miracles, as was in the the scripture, the raising the dead, um, uh, healing the lame, all of that, yeah, those were miracles yeah. because it was instant and it was something that only God could have done. Mm-hmm. Well. So when when the perfect has come, then all those will be done away with. Yeah. So we can't have miracles today mm-hmm. because there's no need for it. Yeah. You know, the, the miracles were performed, so we knew that whoever was speaking was from God. That's a great point to bring out and kind of end on because we're out of time. But Man. <laughs> we have to, the miracles had a purpose, and it was to prove that God was who he was, you know. That's right. And that God you know, was real. Yeah. You know, even, even like I think of Elijah, Elijah, he was the one that, um, put all the water on the altars. Right. Or was that Elisha? Oh man. Elijah was one of them. Right. I, yeah. And, and you had the prophets of Baal, you know, yep. what was the point there of was that? 450 of them. Yeah. So what was the point of that, um, miracle that was performed there on the altar? What was the point? That was to prove that, Elijah or Elisha. Yeah. I think it was Elijah. <laughs> One of them. Elijah. It was to prove that they were sent from God. That's right. They were from God. And that, that was exactly it. That and was so the, it. The prophets of Baal, they couldn't all day they tried. Yeah. All day they tried to to light up the Yep. Allow their gods they to, cut to light themselves it up. and they were bleeding everywhere. That's right. And screaming and And how long did, and, and then and so then Elijah takes and, and pours water on which Water and fire don't mix. Nope. Water, I mean, just totally makes it so that there's no way this thing's going to light. Yep. And when you pray to God in an instant, it was all consumed, even the rocks. Yep. And it said that the water was all licked up. Yep. From the fire. How? That was the, the intense heat from the fire. Yep. And 
proving. And then actually what ended up happening was they, so Elijah told them to go get the prophets of Baal yeah. and kill them. Yeah. All 450 of them. Because they were serving a false god. Yeah. You know, but that was a very good point. That was the meaning and the purpose behind the miracles. Yeah. Was to prove that whoever was speaking was from God and not yep. false. Yep. So let's let's probably end it there. That's where we got to end. So I appreciate everyone joining us. Thank you, everyone. And uh, hopefully we gave you some food for thought. And uh, I really enjoyed the study. And uh, we'll be looking forward to next week. Thank you, guys. See you later.